Welcome to D Souls Productions LLC Legacy Men, remember when you carried yourself as a king? Women, remember when you carried yourself as a queen? And we were here to build a strong foundation, not only for ourselves, but for our families and the generations coming up after us. But now, we're putting all of our time and energy, and while we're not getting along with one another, and we're not taking the time to put more focus into the important element of rebuilding family structure. So come on this journey with me, with D-Souls Productions, LLC, and let's build a legacy. Souls Productions LLC Legacy March 10th, 2018. This is D Win on this Saturday afternoon. I was out and about running my errands here and I dropped my son off to his grandmother so he can spend time with grandmom. And, you know, in riding through the neighborhood here in my town, and I, I just had to sit and look. I was like, wow. I mean, here it is early afternoon, and, you know, we still have snow on the ground here, and we still have people, they're just out and about, and, you know, they're sitting on the block, and they smoking, and they drinking, making sure they hit the liquor store. I mean, it's early in the day, man, really? But, I mean, it just looks so freaking ghetto, man. I'm like, wow. 
But it just made me think, and I, you know, once again, he's like, oh, man. I mean, when are we going to get to that point where we get it together? You know what I mean? And, you know, I think back, you know, in, in the era when I grew up, I mean, we always had that, you know, the thing where we, you know, you go out, you have a good time, you know, you go on a block, you drink or whatever. We, we've had that. But the thing is, is that it's gotten so much worse. At least back in our era, we had, well, I can say that we had a visual of somewhat of a community. And as I spoke before, I mean, just we, we just have now, we just have a neighborhood of black people. And we just were doing whatever, you know? Now, if you would go through any of the white neighborhoods in my general area, and I, and you know what's funny? I live in a white neighborhood. I grew up right around the corner from where I live at right now, and it's in Little Italy, right? And I pretty much have lived everywhere in this city. I've lived in the black neighborhoods on the east side and the west side and even the black neighborhoods down in the southern part of my state in the suburban areas. And my state is a, it's, it's a, it's a really, it's a unique state because we're kind of like on the in-between. We're in the tri-state area. So we're not northern and we're not southern. So as you can hear in my voice, you know, we don't have any type of like accent or anything like that because especially when I go to, you know, different places, you know, around the United States, people hear, hear me talk and they'll ask me, the first, one of the first questions they'll ask me is, where are you from? And pretty much where I'm from, that's, I don't, I don't know how that happened, but that's pretty much how it is here. It's like, it's like a, it's a neutral type of vibe here in my state. And it's a, it's a kind of a, mixing culture here because you'll be on one block where it's like real ritzy, you know, um, you're like, wow, it's pretty nice around here. But then as soon as you go around the corner, you'll be in the ghetto, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and it's not a, it's not a real big state. So you run into that a lot. So if you go, if you, if you go on any part of the outskirts of the city, you run into pretty much, especially going uh, North, you're running to the ritzy part, headed towards like PA. All right. But then once you go towards it near the inner city, oh, it's a whole nother ball game. But even center city, okay, it's like patches, like, you know, ritzy, poverty, ritzy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's kind of crazy like that. But it's like, it's like a neutral state. You know, even if we had, we've had a long period of time, even when it came down to the music, it took a real long time for any type of um, like Southern music or West Coast music to penetrate our state. Because we were like we're like in the middle on the East Coast and we were more like, a, you know, East Coast type of uh, city, East Coast, you know, music type of city. But just going through, you know, the city this morning, I was just sitting there just looking at it just like, wow, man. I mean, I had to just sit there thinking to myself, when are we going to get it? 
if we ever get it. And it's really a shame, people, because I'm quite sure every city and state here in the United States is pretty much and probably pretty much all over the world is dealing with the same thing. But here in the United States, okay, as far as our black people. See, we don't understand that we are quickly being lowered in class. And this is why I mentioned this when I was just driving through the city. I was like, before, okay, if you don't have any knowledge of it, that's one thing. But, and, and you're seeing it, you're like, okay, you know, this is what it is. But when you have knowledge of it and now you're starting to actually see it, it's a whole nother ball game, man. And, and if we don't get ourselves right real quick, we're going to find ourselves in a very, very bad place. I mean, to see how we are out on the streets in the middle of the day, it's not even really the middle of the day yet. It's early afternoon on a Saturday. And it's almost like that thing, like for those of us who are not experiencing that type of lifestyle, and then let's just say we get to that point where we get pushed into that type of lifestyle where we have to be out on the street. See, the people out there now, they want to be out there. Maybe not all of them, but you can just see it. It's like, this is what it is, man. Like, you know, I mean, I mean, we have no structure within our neighborhoods. I don't even like calling them a communities anymore because they're not, they're no longer communities anymore. They're just neighborhoods filled with black people who are pretty much doing nothing. And we are attaching ourselves to a, a culture that is self-destructive. And when it gets to a point where you can sit back and look at the situation and be like, damn, there's no need for anyone else to do anything to do anything to us. They have set it up so well, so great, that we're now doing it to ourselves. So all they got to do now is just sit back and watch the show. Now, when I go to work every morning, I'm, I'm seeing the uh, construction of all these new ritzy lofts and apartment buildings that they're putting in town and everybody's just walking by like, oh, that's nice. Yeah, they are rebuilding, they're upgrading, they're advancing their culture within Center City. All the people with wealth are moving back into the city and they're raising the prices of the leasing and the renting, the closer the city you get, the higher your lease and rent is going to be. Now, there's this place that's about, it's about maybe a mile and a half away from here, right? It's a little, uh, like a little plaza where you go, where everybody goes to eat. Now it's in a, it's in a, in, in, in the city here, rich, ritzy part of town, right? Had a discussion with one of the gentlemen there, they actually have a, a Walgreens there. 
And it's this place that I go there to eat all. I used to go there to eat all the time. It's actually a Greek. It's a Greek restaurant. They make these veggie wraps that I like. But I would go there to eat all the time. Like sometimes I stop by there on a Saturday or after I get off work. And I was walking by there because I was going to Walgreens, and I said, "What happened to the the Greek place that was here?" And they got a sign in the window that said that they were under new management. Now, they were next to this other place that's called uh, Dino's Steaks and Subs. Now, what they have done is, because the time when I was sitting there standing in the window looking at this, they had knocked the wall out between the two establishments, and there was these guys in there working, rebuilding the place. And I looked at them, and and what, what they were doing is, they're combining their restaurants. Would you think about this for a second? They're combining their restaurants. It's a Greek restaurant, not a restaurant, but like a you know eatery. And there's a Dino steak steak shop place. And they are combining their businesses. Now, about five or six places down from them was a subway, right? The subway didn't make it. They left. They shut down. I was going to take my son there because he loves subway. And he, I went, was going to take him there after uh, after I picked him up one day, and they were gone. And that kind of added on to the discussion I had with the gentleman. I said, "What's going on here?" He said, "Well, what's, what's happening is the the lease payments have gone up. They've raised the you know the lease." payments on this place now, on these places here. So even in the upper, you know, the upper class neighborhoods, you know, people are not able to uh, withstand (laughs) the high rising of being able to pay, you know, their leasing to stay in business. And then we have two other businesses that are, and and if they are sharing the space now, they probably say, you know what, we're not going to leave we're going to um, split the you know the lease payments up. So they turned it into one one structure. It's like two restaurants in one. They're serving two different things. But that's the perfect example of how, or within their neighborhoods, they do what's necessary to make it work. You understand? They're doing what's necessary to make it happen, make it work. But with us, see, see, we're seeing what's happening to us, especially what's happening in the inner city here. Oh, we just get pushed out. And we will allow ourselves to be just pushed out. And we don't recognize what's going on in our neighborhoods right now. And we don't understand that we got to reestablish ourselves as communities. Another example, there's this, over on the east side, there's this humongous, beautiful structure of a school, okay? It's called P.S. DuPont, it was a high school, now it's like a middle school, right? This, This school is something to look at, it's a beautiful school, man. 
And around this, and no, not surrounding, well, pretty much surrounding the whole school is a neighborhood. I can even say neighborhoods because it surrounds the whole freaking school, man. And majority of this neighborhood is black people. And it's a beautiful neighborhood. There's nothing ghetto about the neighborhood. Nice houses. If you was just riding through there and you didn't know any better, you would say to yourself, look at this beautiful ass community. But even within that, the people are so on this individual level. Everybody's doing things individually. Now they keep the neighborhood clean. There's no riffraff going on around there. If there is any type of illegal activity going on around there, you would never know it. You would never see it. It's not like right out there in your face. It looks like a beautiful ass neighborhood. But even within that, you, for me being from here and knowing what's going on, you know there's some individual ass shit going on in that neighborhood. Now, that's the example of a neighborhood, right? That if they would just buckle down, right? They could trigger something. You see what I'm saying? Or, or if somebody was to go in there, like I'm looking to do, to go in this type of neighborhood and start building some type of connection with the people who live in this neighborhood. This will be a great place to start something new for the black people within our neighborhoods and change them into communities. Now I'm thinking to myself, there, there may be neighborhoods like this all over the United States, but we actually have somewhere where we can start. It's a good starting point. Now the school itself, it used to be a high school and it still could be a high school. But back in the day when I didn't understand what was going on with the whole integration thing, with the busing, because I just always ask myself, because I, I, the same school that my kids go to now, I went to that school. It's elementary school. It was elementary school back when I was that their age. And that school was right next to this beautiful school that I'm telling you about. There's two schools right there. In this beautiful neighborhood. Now this school. And they and they knew this. This is the reason why they did what they did. I, I didn't understand it till later in life. But I understand why they did what they did. Because I'm going to go there. I'm going to be funny with it. Like for instance. If that school was still a high school. Right. And. The majority of the neighborhood around that school was a is a black black people, right? And all the families and the kids within that neighborhood, and probably even kids outside of that neighborhood, would either go to that school or recommend to go to that school. And that's not that's that the crazy part about it is it's not the only black high school. That was here in our state. But they knew. 
that they had to split us up. Because if they would have allowed us to have our own schools, where the majority of these black neighborhoods surrounding all of these schools, there's PS, there's PS DuPont, there was uh, Wilmington High, which they also got rid of. They destroyed that, turned it into a, now it's like the Cab Calloway thing or whatever. They got Howard High School, which is another black school. And I'm going to be funny with it. They know they knew damn well from an academic standpoint. And if as you walk through that school and you go through their trophy case, you would see nothing but championships. And see, a lot of us don't understand. And this is why I don't care for sports no more like that. Because it started for me when I started recognizing why they really bust all of us out to all these schools out in the suburbs. I got on a bus every morning from the time I was in middle school all the way through high school. I got on a bus and rolled past three major high schools within my neighborhood to be bussed out to a, a school out in the suburbs. And I didn't even realize this until later on, too. Even the high school that I went to, right? And I'm going to go there. I'm going to be funny with it. I'm looking at that trophy case, right? Now, from the time before integration happened, right? Or the busing and all that crap. You look at the years before that. I forgot. I think it was probably like, if I'm not mistaken, um, early 70s, I think. No championships whatsoever in that trophy case. None. I'm looking at this trophy. I'm laughing like, you know, I, I didn't realize it then because I was too, you know, mystified and like, wow, this, this school has championships. But I didn't realize that the reason why they started getting championships is because they start busting in the black students. See, this disconnects. What I'm telling you is it connects a lot to you know, us allowing ourselves to be broke down within our neighborhoods. And we need to bring it back to turning our neighborhoods into communities. Now, the funny part about it is the reason why I'm mentioning these schools is because all it would have taken was for black people within these neighborhoods in these, you know, when it was communities and say, uh-uh, no, we want our kids to go to these schools that we have within our own, our own neighborhoods. You're not busting them out there no more to these uh, schools out in the suburbs, out to these white schools. That's all what it took, people. And the funny part about it, even after all of these years, we still have the opportunity to be able to do that. Because the schools are still there. The structures are still there. But we just continue to sit back and allow everybody and anyone to do what they want to do to us. And then we wonder why we're in the situation that we're in. Now, I'm just using the school situation as an example. 
of how we are allowing ourselves to be destroyed from, from within. And it's funny because just like the school I just mentioned, the P.S. DuPont High School, which is now an elementary school. And they don't, they don't even use the entire school. That's the part that's really funny about it. They don't, they only use a part. They only use partial. They only use part of that school for the elementary uh, class. And now I'm hearing now that they're looking to close it down because of all the problems that they're having within the school. And if you haven't, if you have a chance, if you just happen to be online right now, look up the look. Up, I want you to see this school. Go online and put in P.S. DuPont High School or elementary school, Wilmington, Delaware. There's this one street called Vanderer Avenue, I believe it is, and it's about, it's a good six or seven blocks, right? And if you're standing on Vanderer Avenue and Concord Pike, which is crosses Vanderer Avenue, and if you're looking straight down Vanderer Avenue, you can see, they, they built it so that you can see the school from the end of this avenue, which is four, four or five, probably six or seven blocks away from the school. And if you're looking there, if you're standing in the middle of the street, you can see this beautiful school. It's like a, it, it looks like a freaking, I can't even describe it. It's a beautiful school, man. And if you happen to live on that block and you live right on that, that strip right there, if you lived in one of those houses and you walk outside, If you look to your left or your right, and the first thing you see is this beautiful school, which should be a connection to that neighborhood. It should have been a connection to all of those neighborhoods. And the school that my kids are currently in now should been should have been the elementary school, right? And PS leading to PS being the high school. And this is the example that I'm, I'm telling you that why the reason why I'm telling you this, they know for a fact that if we start to connect and build with each other, we will dominate. That's why they're doing everything in our power to separate us from schooling to finance, the workforce and everywhere else. Even now here online with the social media networks. They know what they're doing. They're very, they're very intelligent with it. They know how to keep us fighting and combating with each other, people. So this is why I'm really taking the time right now. See, I go on these social media platforms for a whole nother ball game nowadays. Yeah, I'm learning how I can, you know, work my business and everything through all these social media platforms. But one of the, one of the main reasons why I'm on a lot of these social media platforms, I'm sitting back watching how not to act. I'm seriously watching how not to act. And I'm going to warn a lot of you, if you haven't start, if you start, if you just started doing it right now, especially YouTube, man, <laughs> I mean, pretty much across the board, these social media platforms, as far as black people are concerned, it's a mess. It really is. 
But YouTube, oh my God. Oh my God. I think that's the only reason why we love YouTube so much is so that we can beef and act stupid. And it's a shame because we have so many different people on these platforms who understand it and know how to get it done. And I know I was kidding myself to think that, but I was thinking to myself like, wow, if, if you're on these platforms and you rocking out on there and you know how to get people together so we can, okay, it's one thing for us to discuss what we got going on and what we need to fix. But I was kidding myself because if we are not able to do it from a standpoint, as far as our neighborhoods, when they were communities, what makes me think that we're going to do it on the internet? <laughs> and that's what makes it a shame because you get this power in your hand and then you see like, wow, oh, I, I didn't know I can do this with this. You think something would click in our heads and be like, you know what? It's time for us to make it happen. And one of the reasons why I was also saying, okay, that's good to be able to do that, but make sure that we also establish, making sure we know how to do this field work too, getting out here in our neighborhoods and our communities too. And this is why I'm looking to take these resources, especially when it starts getting warm outside. I say, oh yeah, I'm going to take these resources out to the streets start communicating with, 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 with my people and start talking with my people. Cause I think it's a good thing to allow them also to express themselves, how we are expressing ourselves here online. And this is part of the problem. We're so self consumed and we get home or, you know, we get in our own little realm and we do what's good for us. When we should be doing what's good for our people and our families and our neighborhoods to turn them back into communities. So it's just something to think about, people. Now, I know I keep talking about this, but let's think further than just the internet. We have to do more than that. Let's put more of our efforts, people, into changing our neighborhoods back into communities. This is D-Souls Productions, LLC. Legacy. Peace. Okay, next up we have a recording with Maria Humphreys. Now, it's been a while since I've tried the recording with friends. 
Um, seems on this recording, Anchor seems to be still kind of glitchy because um, in the discussion with Maria Humphreys, it kind of got me ahead of her a little bit before she's uh, finishing her um, her uh, her talking, and it got me like answering her questions before she even gets it out. It makes me sound like I'm rushing through the <laughs> interview or something, but um, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Hope that's something Anchor can fix that I have not heard that on anyone else's um interview. So, but it's always good to connect with people here on Anchor. And if there's anyone who would like to do a record with friends, I'm usually available on Saturday so we can discuss uh, different issues that we may be dealing with within our our families and our neighborhoods and our communities, or just something in general, or if there's a topic you want to talk about that's going on in the entertainment world, let's bust it up. But uh, let's listen in. Hello. Maria. Hello. It is so nice to talk to you. How's it going? <laughs> it's going great. It's going great. I actually only have a few minutes. I'm at, at the beach right oh, now. Lucky you. It's true. Right, right. It's raining. Oh. It's raining. But I, but I don't care. <laughs> it's beautiful anyway it's beautiful it's so nice to meet yeah, you, you talking on the phone i have really been enjoying our interaction right, right. on the radio right waves. right how you doing great yeah. great i actually have been going through the um tide pool area here and i'm on the hunt for rocks that are shaped like hearts. Oh, wow. So I've been taking pictures of them and I'm going to put them on my Instagram account and a little bit of slow motion stuff too with some seagulls and everything. But it's just so amazing, these souls, because just like the stuff that we talk about out here on the radio is paying attention to the small things mm -hmm. is the key, I think, to, to everything. Well, you, you're actually hitting home because... Um... When we had the old anchor 2.0, I did a segment and I called it the rock um, because my daughter, she does the same thing. She, she likes to collect rocks. And uh -huh. uh, one day she gave me this rock. It was like this, this uh, white rock with these crystals in it. And she, uh -huh. she said, daddy, take this for good luck. So I, I was, I used to always hold this rock with me, but then when we moved, I lost it. Right. Oh no. <laughs> then this, this was real cold day. I switched jack. I switched uh, jackets because it was a little colder outside. So I put this coat on, and in the top pocket on the right side, guess what was in that pocket? <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not gonna lie to you. I pulled that rock out, Maria. I, I mean, it brought tears to my eyes. I was like, I said, you know what? I'm never gonna let this rock go again. You know? Oh, that's so great. That's so great. She loves her daddy so much. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just just some things you were touching on, um, especially we was talking to Ed Capone about the um, the community and crime and stuff of that nature. Um, I was listening in on you guys, and um, I don't know, it's 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 just a lot of things, a lot of issues that I'm seeing right here in my city, and uh, I, I just feel like, I mean, you you was talking to me about you know black people when I made that one episode, um, but I wasn't. I wasn't directing yes. it at anyone. I was trying to trigger somebody's mind to think more outside the box. You know what I'm saying? 
Definitely, definitely. Because you know what, these souls, even though we're like making this call right now, even it's not like this conversation is going to solve the problems of the world. But just communicating and using our voices and connecting at such a level where absolutely it doesn't just none of nothing we are talking about ever applies to just one sector of society. We all are connected to each other. All that stuff about crime that I was going back and forth with Aunt Capone about just really hits me because I come from Mm -hmm. Los Angeles. And so I have more experience with the Hispanic Mm -hmm. community. And I remember a boyfriend of mine ages ago, one of his cousins was in jail and their whole attitude was homie's going to get me always. They were always going to end up in jail. That was just how their family was. And they're Mm -hmm. because they were Hispanic. They just assumed that the cops would always be looking for them. And they just, it was a cycle through generations of the dad went to to jail, then the sons. And it just was kind of a given. And that's where I'm talking about energy Mm -hmm. and our history we do, we take those kind of feelings. And what you were talking about the other day, as far as money and abundance and being worth being paid money and stuff. And um, it's a vicious cycle because sometimes people feel like right. they're sellouts if they actually charge right. money right. for right. stuff that they're doing. Right. And it's, and, just, I, and, I, it's a, and that's it's why I was, that's why I was kind of going out on that episode because I wanted people to understand the difference between just making money and actually having economic power. Like, let's let's be real with it. Other races and cultures here in the United States have um, they have a level of economic power within their uh, their culture because they stay they pretty much stick together. Yes, they make sure they get the work done within themselves. They can they can have the same type of problems that black people have as far as not liking each other or what they so-called call it beefs and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, no matter what's up, no matter what's going on, they get the work done because they understand that in order for them Mm -hmm. to have power in, um, on a political level or, um, being able to, um, you know, have, you know, stable neighborhoods and communities, they understand they got to get that work done. But it's just seemed like with us, we, we're too focusing on, well, yeah, we'll make the money, but we'll never support each other or recycle our money back through our community so we can build, build our communities back up. Now we just have neighborhoods. We don't have communities. I just did an episode on that today. We just have neighborhoods and not communities, you know? Yeah. Right, right. And like you were talking about, people get right. real guarded when they do have something. And like you were talking about shutting their doors and being in their house and then opening their mm-hmm. door. And yeah, and I'm, gu- I'm guilty of myself for that. I'm guilty of, of and, myself for that. I gotta, I gotta get myself out of that mindset just as well, you know, so. Well, yeah, but at the same time, you have to be prudent. When you have children, you can't just go into right. a homeless neighborhood with your kids and, you know, you have to be mm-hmm. smart about it. Um, but there's, there's gotta be a way to backtrack to what our priorities mm-hmm. are um, and those feelings of being stuck. I think that's a lot of where some of the problems come from is that people feel like they don't mm-hmm. have choices. And yes, I, I mean, the system is skewed to um, make it easier for 
for white people, for different sectors of society, for, for men mm-hmm. over women, the, the difference in pay, there's always going to be some injustice right. like that. But you, as, as individuals, we need to decide how we're going to exactly. react to that, what we're going to do with that and get past and you And you made, you made a very good point and, um, um, when we were discussing the church as far as holding the you know, church accountable, but you made a very good point where you said, you know, the community is the church. So it's, it's about what, what we accept, yes. not about, I mean, you're going to provide that. Like, yes. Hey, this is what you want. So I'm going to give it to you. You know what I mean? So I understand where you're right, coming from with right. that. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's all good stuff. And the more we talk about it, um, the more we can brainstorm and like trigger other people who don't because there are a lot of people out there in the world that are angry and feeling wronged and instead of focusing on how to fix it they stay in that right. mindset and they pass it on to their kids yeah you're so right and passing um, on the wrong things down to generations you're so right yeah 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 so it's it's all it's all um it's all worth talking about for sure. And it's, it's just, it's really great. I really enjoy this radio platform as far as social media goes. I think that just it's being able to reach across, across the world, across the country. Where, where do you live? Um, I'm on the East coast in Wilmington, Delaware. First state, (laughs) the smallest state. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Is it snowing? Um, we have some snow that we had uh two days ago. It's starting to melt away, but we're supposed to get hit again tomorrow. So I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah. Oh I'm I know. sorry. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> so um <laughs> All right. Well, listen. You know what? I actually need to no go. Problem. I'm so but, um, sorry. Hopefully, hopefully yeah, we, I, you know, we can um have more calls. We can add more people on. We can, you know, further this discussion even further. So, like, I would love that. You know who I really like a lot is Diesel uh, is um, okay. DJ Holmes okay. from New Love. He's a great guy. He would be a great guy to have on. And I, I don't know. There's um, it, it would be. It would be nice, yeah, if we got some more conversation going right. about stuff like this and figure out um, how we can try and uh, shift people's perspective because that's, that's what it's all about. I don't know if you heard my episode from yesterday. I actually had a um, conversation. I interviewed a woman that mm-hmm. is in Luxembourg um, near Germany, and she is – I met her on Instagram and she's amazing. She and I, our photography sometimes kind of mirrors each other. And it just, it's very interesting because across the world, it just reminds me how similar we all are. And the same thing with Aunt Capone, with you, with so many people out here, there's so much great, there's so many similarities. It doesn't matter right. what color we are. <laughs> it's just like you, like you yeah. heard that fried chicken thing the other day. Did you hear that on Aunt Capone? <laughs> because I'm like, that's not fair. It's the white girl behind the counter <laughs> saying no fried chicken. <laughs> and it's so funny because we I get know, caught right? up in these stereotypes. Oh my gosh. Anyway, all right. Enjoy the rest right, of your I'll day. You we can do this again. All right. Okay. All right, Maria. Take Thanks. care. Okay. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.
Souls Productions LLC, and we're on day 13, drop 15 of our hydrogen peroxide therapy. Just kidding, but I did have a little nauseating spell there. Thought I was about to toss my cookies, but I fought it off. So, that one was a little stronger than the last one I had. I didn't have a nauseating period since, uh, well, like maybe six days ago that I experienced one this afternoon. Something small, but we will see where we're at because we have one more dosage to take for today. In about maybe an hour and a half, but I'll wait. I, I may just wait a little longer because I had the little nauseous spell there just to get myself time to recover for a little bit longer. So, but we're going to continue, keep pushing, see if we can take it all the way up to 24 people. Hopefully, that nauseating spell was the brunt of it. But let's keep going. And tomorrow, we'll be on day 14, drop 16. Almost there. Got to keep pushing. All right. This is D-Souls Productions, LLC. As we continue with our hydrogen peroxide therapy peace